authority. It comes up in both our first reading today in Deuteronomy and Moses is given this authority, is given this authority to lead the people of Israel out of slavery, etc. And then he is given all this authority, he's given all these laws and to pass them on, and he's given this authority as the supreme judge of the Israeli people. He eventually will be overwhelmed by that and he'll create all kinds of other judges to help him deal with people's disputes, etc. But God has given him this authority. In our gospel today, we hear about that authority too, Jesus and his authority. The people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. So who is this? A new teaching with authority comes up again. Who is this guy? He's able to cast out demons. He just cast out a demon from a person in front of everyone in this synagogue, and the demon knows who he is. You are the Holy One of God. Authority derives from God. All authority on earth comes from the authority that God has in heaven. God is the supreme power creating all things. Let there be light, and there will be light. Let there be the heavens, and there will be the heavens. Let there be earth, and the garden of Eden, and man, and woman, and everything on the earth, etc. That's authority. In a word, it's power. With true authority comes power. But it's not the power to do evil, it's the power to do good. It's the power to do what it is that the person with this authority has been given a responsibility to do. And it's super, super important. There's no life without authority. There is no life without authority. You can see it in hierarchy. There's no life without hierarchy. That in heaven we've got, we've got God and the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, followed by the Blessed Virgin Mary, followed by a hierarchy of angels, followed by the hierarchy of the saints in heaven, the people who were great saints on earth, people who've, who've won themselves statutes around the church, and then little low lives like the rest of us who just barely make it in. There's a hierarchy there in heaven. And there's a hierarchy on earth, too. There's a hierarchy in, in the animal kingdom, going from microscopic whatever the microscopic whatever feed upon, and then bigger things you can just barely see feed on those microscopic things, and then bigger things feed on that, all the way up to the apex predators. And there's hierarchy within the human race too. Certainly hierarchy within governments, uh, within militaries, from a private up to a general in government from whoever up to the president kind of thing. In schools, there's a hierarchy of teachers and principal. In every place of business, hierarchy with the person who owns the business, people that they've employed as managers to manage other people, etc. And of course, within families. And where there is no hierarchy, and you've just got a flattened out thing, you've got death. Death follows. There's hierarchy everywhere, and within the hierarchy is authority, and the authority must be exercised properly, or everything will collapse and die. All right. First place we see authority formally granted on earth, the Garden of Eden. God says to Adam, the first man, breathes life in him. Adam comes to life and looks around. He says to Adam, I give you authority to name all the creatures. You have power over all of Eden. You are my steward of Eden. You rule Eden. Right. 
And then there was a whole story about that, and I'll come back to that at the very end of my homily. But there's this authority within the church too. Pope, bishops, pastors. You guys think, well, you pastors have the authority. Father, just say and teach this, just say and teach that. Well, actually, what you don't see is the bishop who's above me. My dad would say, you can't be more Catholic than the Pope. Even I am checked within my authority, and it depends upon the authority that the bishop will give me. In fact, my ability to function as a priest comes from the authority of the bishop, and he can remove it at any time. He truly can. St. Joseph. I want to give you a real-world example of somebody who had authority that almost nobody notices, because it comes back to this. But the reality is that God has given every single person here authority. Authority. That is to say, power within the responsibilities that God has given you. And God has given everyone responsibilities. Which is to say, power and authority. We say, well, I don't have any power. You've got power. And the president has power. And others have power and authority. Not me. No, we all do. And we need to own it. St. Joseph. I choose St. Joseph because the, some of the, many of the men out of our parish were on a retreat Friday evening and yesterday, and St. Joseph was their theme guide for that. And uh, Mark, our director for faith formation, had told me, well, Father, can we give a homily on St. Joseph? And so I was all ready to do that last night, and none of those guys were here. They're all over there, so forget that. But here's the St. Joseph thing. The, the very quietly, in an unseen way, This man has remarkable power. This responsibility that God has given him manifested in authority. So there's the responsibility that he has to take Mary as his wife because God has planned this out throughout Joseph's life. And he will do that because he is responding to the authority of God who's called him to take Mary as his wife. And then he's going to exercise his authority as husband, which means protector and provider and he's going to lead his wife with very pregnant Mary to Bethlehem and he's going to arrange for that trip and he's going to get them to Bethlehem and get them in the cave and provide and protect and the best way to do that for him is to keep his head down because Satan is looking for the baby Herod is looking for the baby and the people of Bethlehem his family hate him That's why he never knocks on the family door when he returns to Bethlehem. Everyone has to return to their town of origin for the census. So he goes back to Bethlehem, where he came from, where his family is, and he knocks on the door of the inn, not his family. And then after the inn, he knows to go to the caves. He knows the caves. Go to the cave. Protect my family of origin is a danger to my wife and child. But the thing is, is he's exercising this authority and this power without understanding how it will all work. And for that, he needs the virtue of faith. He needs to trust God blindly. I don't know where this goes, but I know, Lord, that this is what you want of me right now. What will come later will be revealed later. The greatest thing about St. Joseph, though, is when the angel comes to him in the dream and says, Joseph, you have to get up now. 
Herod is looking for the child to destroy the child. Get up and flee to Egypt. That's it. That's all the information he has. So he wakes up, he packs the donkey, gets Mary and the baby on it, and off they go into the night. Now, here's the thing. When he went to Bethlehem, he knew how to get to Bethlehem. He had been back and forth from Nazareth to Bethlehem, I'm sure, a few times in his life. Certainly back and forth to Jerusalem. Bethlehem's only two, five miles away. But going to Egypt, he doesn't know, well, where do you get water? I have to pass 200 miles through the Sinai Desert. I have no place to get my food. Where do I get food? What about lodging? What about protection? There's no police. There's going to be robbers and bandits who will accost us and steal our donkey and maybe take my wife and human traffic her. God knows what. And then I don't know where I'm supposed to stay when I finally get to Egypt. I don't know how long this will last. Lord, am I going to be gone for the rest of my life? Am I ever coming back? What do I do with the stuff that's in the cave, the provisions that I have here? What about my home in Nazareth where we came from? What, what becomes of that? All of this is like totally out of his control. But he's responding to the authority of God. And then he's using his own authority to say, Mary, we must go. We have to go tonight. I'm sorry, we've got to go. And so he exercises this authority and God will take care of the rest. He makes sure they get to Egypt. If Joseph would do God's will, then God would give him the power that comes with his authority to succeed. And the same is true for all of us. We're afraid to exercise the authority that God has given us. Because then we're responsible, right? What if we fail? And what if we're defeated? And what if, I don't know, what if bad things came because I exercised the authority that God gave me? What if? Or what if the opposite was true? What if things got way better because I exercised the authority that God gave me? Most everyone here has been baptized. In that baptism, you became a child of God. And children inherit the parents' power and authority. Most of us here have received the sacrament of confirmation, which is the sacrament of strengthening, to live out that baptismal calling. Joseph had none of that. He was never baptized, never confirmed, never had sacramental grace. And he fulfilled these things. Spouses and parents, you have been given authority within your marriage to assist the other in being a saint. You certainly have authority over your children, which is something that parents today totally miss. You don't realize how much authority you have over your children. You have the authority to be like St. Joseph too and to leave behind the security and comfort of what you know for the unknown because you have faith in God to practice the authority that's been given to you. You don't know this, but now you do. You have the authority to stomp on serpents. Dads, in your house, you're Adam in Eden. You call the shots. You protect that family from the serpent. You have the authority, all of us, to rebuke Satan, to rebuke addictions, to rebuke cowardice, to rebuke laziness. And to rebuke all vices in your life. God is giving us all the authority to do that. So please use it. 
Parents, you have authority to insist that your children attend the school you've chosen for them, not the one they want, the one you want for them. You also have the authority to downsize your living standards, to downsize your expenses so that a school that might not be free is now possible because you downsized your house to make it possible. You aged out your cars to make it possible. Spend less, generally speaking, and a lot less on vacations, etc. The authority to simplify your life that your children and grandchildren can have life. God has given you the authority to do that. The authority to tell children they will do their homework. The authority to take away TV sets, to take away smartphones. And parents, no child should be on the internet without adult supervision. And you know that. Exercise that authority. You have the authority to tell your children they will attend Mass and they will have a good attitude about it. You have the authority to pray, to tell them that we're going to pray at home. It's not their decision. The authority to spend time with certain peers because you know they would be a good influence on them. The authority to tell them that you can't spend any more time with those other children. They're a bad influence on you. The authority to tell your boy that he's a boy and not a girl, and your daughter that she's a girl and not a boy. God has given you incredible authority and power, and you must exercise it. A final word about authority. Adam in the garden. Remember that the first sin in the Garden of Eden was not Eve taking that forbidden fruit. The first sin was Adam not driving the serpent away from his wife. Adam, knowing that that serpent was cunning, the serpent wasn't like the others, and that the serpent was spending time with his wife when he wasn't around. And he knew it. He needed to exercise his authority to tell Eve, you are not to spend any more time with the serpent. And then to tell the serpent, you must leave. You are not welcomed in Eden. But he didn't, and it all fell and collapsed. When you and I don't exercise the authority that God has given us, bad things happen. Evil prevails. All it takes for evil to prevail is for good people to do nothing, and evil will prevail. In the kingdom to come, there will be no more evil, and we don't have to work so hard. But in this world, we do. Exercise the authority God gave you. God gives us authority for a reason, for very, very good reasons. And he expects us to use it. And if we will, then life will be so much better.